everybody to another edition of the CarCast. I believe this is episode 62. Sounds right. Um, I didn't do the prep like we did for episode 61. So, again, we're back to normal. I'm Owen Newkirk. He's Sean Shapiro. And I feel obligated to point out that on this rare occasion this year, because of our new arrangement for driving this season, I am behind the wheel instead of Sean. And so I feel like we're in a lot safer circumstances and uh, not to jinx anything, but we're we're pretty comfortable about the, our, our prospects of safely getting home. You love it when I do that, don't you? You're just taking pot shots. I uh, guilty as charged. Um, we thought before we got into the recap tonight. This is the car cast. We only talk about cars when we see weird sights on the side of the road, or cars that drive funny, or, or people eating soup. Soup. I Yo- swear, yogurt. Have, have we ever talked about the soup on the car cast, or has that only been in the pre-show? I think it's. I think it, yeah. I think it's in our production meeting. Yeah. Um, Sean and I have carpooled for several years now. He used to live closer to me, so we would trade off driving because it was ten minutes away. So I'd drive to his house, and then what? Or he'd pick me up, and you know we just alternate. So we were on the same highway a lot, and we see Sean during the day, not so much at night because yeah. it's dark, but on the way to games. A lot of strange behavior yes. by drivers behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them that really caught me off guard was a lady a couple of years ago was driving a Dodge Charger at about 80 miles an hour because she passed me going about 75 on I-75. And she was not really holding on to the wheel very well. She had her left hand on the wheel in the her, the crook of her elbow was her dog and in her right hand was her cell phone which she was typing with her thumb that combination scares me a lot and i don't get freaked out by much but that spells disaster yes now however you saw i didn't see it until you reacted to it yes. but maybe one of the greatest things of activities that we've witnessed while driving. And I saw a guy plucking his eyebrows with tweezers in the mirror <laughs> while driving. We, I think, I believe it was a, uh, I believe it was a Chevy. I can't remember which uh, I, I want to say it was the General Motors car of yeah, some kind. Yeah, I can't, I'm trying to remember. But basically, <laughs> there was someone who was eating soup. And they had not just like the, not like the, I can't remember the name of it, but the, like they have the soups like that you can just drink that are like right. in a can. Probably even like a cup of noodle yes. where you could sort of slurp yeah. it. This wasn't a slurping. This was the driver had the soup in one hand, the spoon in the other, and we can only assume the knees must have been on the steering wheel. You hope. You would hope. I mean, look, there's no chance the vehicle in question had any sort of lane assisting of keeping the car between the lines or adaptive cruise control to not smash into the car in front of it. We're getting closer to autonomous driving vehicles. We aren't close enough and it can't get here fast enough. No, and this was... And this based soup, on our observations. Yes, and this, this soup was not at a time when the technology would have reached the... Uh, the, uh, the ability to drive the autonomous vehicle. So... Um, when that happens, yeah. a bowl of soup in the driver's seat is probably a lot less dangerous. Yeah, probably. If, if you're not driving at all and, you, and you're just a passenger and sitting in the driver's seat, have some soup. Feed up, maybe. Well, I don't know. There may still be some safety issues with yeah. certain positioning. But, um, yeah. They, don't, have, they do Don't have the, drive and eat soup. They do have the autonomous vehicles. I saw them in Vegas. The Ubers? Yeah. 
However, there has to be someone. I think the rule is, and someone at the correct, wheel, someone has, has to be sitting in the driver's seat. Like the pilot has to be in the cockpit. Yes, even though he's not actually doing. Yeah, even though he's not doing anything. Right. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, my own lightning round question before we talk about yes, tonight's yes, yes. game. The actual car of the car cast. We have a question <laughs> of, uh, about cars for the car cast. So, um, my wife and I were talking about this debate. We, I have a lease on a car on my car that's almost up, so I'm going to flip it for another one. And I was going to get the exact same uh, car, three model years newer, and the same color. She told me that, that was boring because I should get a different color just to mix it up. Um, I think she may be right because I was thinking very logically, well, I, I like the car I have. I like the color. It looks nice. I'll get another one. So my, my question to you, Sean, I was about to ask you before we started recording. They said, wait, let's get this on tape. Is it boring to keep getting the same color car? Or at least in consecutive iterations. If you're getting one, you know, whether it's three years apart or ten years apart. Should you vary it a little? Spice it up. I think, Mom, I think, I think you're okay getting the same color on this iteration, but you can't get it three cars in a row. So I could get back-to-back shutouts, I, I think you, but yes, not, yes. the third one is not acceptable. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this is why Ben Bishop sat tonight, yes. because we just can't have the third car in a row. Yes. I, I think you can do same color twice in back-to-back, but you need to then mix it up. So okay, so let's make another analogy. Yes. The Ottawa Senators had to choose between last year and this coming year's draft to give the Colorado Avalanche. Yes. If they didn't do it last year, they're now locked into what could very well be the worst, yes. the, the best pick, worst position in the standings. They were officially eliminated tonight. First team to be eliminated from the playoffs mathematically. Uh, it was a comeback that we were all hoping to see. Yeah. <laughs> and so, here we are. If yes. you go with two with the same color, you have to give away that pick the third time. Yes. It's a tough place. Yeah. You put yourself into a bind. Yeah. The other part about it is that uh, one of the colors in question is bright red. It's called San Marino red, and it looks great, very sporty, catches the eye, which might be the problem. I love it. I had an old Saab that was bright red. It was called Laser Red. Yeah, it sounds awesome. All right, anyway. And I just worry that because a bright red car stands out, as opposed to the, the nice shiny white that I have now, or something a little bit more muddled in tone. Highway camouflage. Yeah, that you might get the attention of law enforcement if you're driving a hair above the speed limit. That is my biggest concern. It's not about whether I like the color or not, because I think the red looks great. Might end up still twisting my arm. We'll find out in the next week or so. Find out on the next exciting episode of the CarCast. It's it's possible that the CarCast with the Vegas Golden Knights, that I will have... It may not. I may wait until the Vancouver game. So stay tuned. <laughs> like a radio uh, serial. Like the, it's, a, it's, it's the uh, podcast teaser, if you will. Let's uh, get to the game tonight, Sean. Yeah, so there was a hockey game tonight that was, I guess they played 60 minutes of hockey. Uh, <laughs> you know what? For The Blackhawks play a pretty high event game. They yeah. score a lot. They give up a lot. They didn't tonight. They played. They actually outstars the Dallas Stars. They p- went in and played a road game where they were structured, they limited chances against, and really frustrated their opposition. This is what the Dallas Stars do to many teams. Yes, yes. Um, 
However, it's what the Stars do to many teams. However, Chicago also had more of the rushes than the Stars typically do. Yes, fair enough. Um, because Especially in the first period. Yes. Chicago's a high... Chicago gambles, and they get up and down on the rush, and um, that's how they scored their goals tonight, and that's they could have scored three or four more tonight if not for the efforts of Anton Hudobin. You tweeted something out after the game tonight that I liked and then brought up in the post-game show because I said, well, this is not something I haven't thought of before, but I had to attribute yeah. some credit to you on that. It is absolutely criminal that Anton Hudobin is now 6-5-0 and in 12 appearances at home, mm-hmm. and he is 13-14-3. and 14 and Three? three? This season, he is under 500 and barely over it at home. With how good he is, he's at a 92 save percentage for the season, 93 at home, and he barely above 500 at home and barely below 500 over. It, it says nothing about Anton Udobin's game. It says everything yes. about the Stars' run supporter, their goal scoring in front of their goalies. Yes. It's the. Uh, what do you think? Uh, on a side note, yeah. what do you think, or say a related note? What do you think Ben Bishop's record would be if the Stars could score on a more regular basis, knowing that he's already uh, a Vezina candidate potentially? I think if the start if the Stars could score on a more regular basis, he becomes a locked-in Vezina candidate of like, a finalist. Yes, like I think that's the difference. He has twenty-four wins. Yeah, and thirteen losses, I think, in regulation. That sounds right. 13 or 14 sounds right. Yeah, give or take. Um, so I, he, he is in the Vezina discussion, um, but if he if the Stars gave him more run support, he is for sure one of the finalists. Do they still do the awards in Vegas? Uh, I think they're probably going to keep doing that for yeah. a little bit. Um, I think, on a side note, just they should do the awards. The awards should be done in the same city as the draft. Yeah, I like that idea. Just do it on the Thursday night before the draft. Everybody, and, I mean, everybody yeah, always loved going everybody. to Vegas. But, yeah. But now they do go to Vegas during the season. Yeah. It should do, be. Do it the Thursday night before the draft. Let's have the whole event. Have everyone there. And then you avoid all of the... There's a lot of people who then have to fly... Hop on a plane and either catch the red eye, catch the red eye, or you just... Just do it all in one city. It um, makes way too much logical sense. Like, just think about, like, theory, hypothetically, this the last draft in Dallas. It would have been great. Merrick, you could have done it... You you could have done it at uh, you could have done it at a, what, a theater in Dallas. You could have you could have done it at the American Airlines Center. You could have done the awards Thursday night. The draft the next night would have been a kind already of a, set up. Yes, so you could have people sitting on the floor. Mm-hmm. You could do it at one of the big concert halls in Dallas. Yeah. Would have been great. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Bomb Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Just out here, da- uh, NHL <laughs> award show from the Bomb Factory. <laughs> anyway, um, nothing against the Bomb Factory. Great place. Just was. It's just, it sounds funny. Never been. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that's where the Ticket Fight Night was hosted this uh, past year, which is a great idea. Anyway, um, Chicago scores first on a two-on-one rush. What did you think about the way that... Obviously, Richie had a chance at the other end of the ice. Backhander yeah. saved by Crawford. And then it was a really nice give-and-go between Kampf and, and Kunitz. Yeah, nothing Gudobin could have done. Did the Stars defend that two-on-one well? Because they've been much better from this year than previous years at defending two-on-ones. Um, see, I'm, I'm not a. I don't. I really don't like the slide, the takeout slide, which is what they did under Lindy yes. for a while. Nope, we're getting a phone me. call. <laughs> Sorry, that was the uh, separate phone call. 
I don't like the takeout slide. I just because I think it becomes way too. I I don't like what it does, and I think it I, a wipes goalies out too often, and b I don't think it works nearly enough for what how it gets sold. Right. Um, I thought there's. And I think leaving your feet is a mistake. Yeah, I think I don't like leaving your feet. I thought because Pol- then you're out of I position. Mean, I, I thought Pollock actually handled it pretty well. He's just not fast enough. That's really what it was. I mean, look, it's it's a, it's it happened twice tonight. The Stars yeah. got caught on a counterattack after an offensive zone yeah. chance, and I think it said a lot about the transition game for yeah. Chicago. I mean, I, I, just realistically, that's what Pollock. I think I thought Pollock did all he could do just with what his speed is on that right. play. Like well, I don't. Fortunately, Sean, the Stars answered back in less than a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sagan had a shot, and Radulov stormed to the front of the net, picked it up, and went around Crawford. And that's four goals in four periods for yeah. him. And that was a great play. And, and this, it was tied. Yeah. At this point, we still, uh, at this point, uh, no uh, no assist as of this moment for Ropa Hints on that goal, even though something that might be added tomorrow, who knows? Fair enough. Um I just know this because I had several people who play daily fantasy sports tweeting at me tonight asking when Rupa Hintz was going to get his assist. Okay. I have no control over that. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you're playing fantasy hockey and you're beat, uh, pestering a media credential beat writer, you're going barking up the wrong tree. Right? I mean, they should be make friends with an off-ice official, which... They will not can talk to you about that because that would be uh, grounds for dismissal, most likely. Because remember, they're they are not local. Even though they're mostly locally based, they're NHL employees, not yeah. Dallas Stars or or that teams. Um, the second Chicago goal, which turned out to be the game winner, John came after another offensive zone chance. Hints drops the puck to Sagan, and Connor Murphy deserves a ton of credit on this play. He blocks the shot and then retrieves the puck and sort of lunges forward and fires it right before he falls to the ice up to Patrick Kane, which starts a three-on-one counterattack. And then Kane with, look, he's a phenomenal player, makes the perfect pass to the cutting Alex DeBrinkett, who split the Stars' D, goes in on breakaway and scores. And... I mean, it was such a quick transition, but if Murphy doesn't have the wherewithal and the alertness to block it and then make that quick up to to Kane, the Stars might get a second opportunity there. I mean, Sagan looked like he had a prime scoring opportunity. Yeah, and it was interesting tonight with... uh, Kane is such a tremendous passer already, but the Stars seemed to collapse on him so much when he had the puck. That was another thing they did, and there was a chance uh, that... Later well, later in the game, game it yeah. was uh, late second period. It was Dominic Cahoon. Yeah. How about that? Three guys chase Kane, and Kane just a little give and go, and Cahoon's all wide open. That was one of uh, Hudobin's great saves. Yeah, Hudobin was that was that was a tremendous save. There was the one sequence early in the game, if you recall. Stars had four quality chances on one shift. Klingberg with a shot from the point with traffic, blockered away by Crawford. Sagan got the rebound, fired it. And then Hints with a stuff, or was it Hints or Dickinson? Might have been Dickinson with a stuff shot at the I think it was Dickinson. And then it came back around to Klingberg again, and he fired it. It went just wide. 
that was huge because they get the lead. I don't know if Chicago. I mean, Chicago is good, but Dallas is such a better team when they get in front. Yes, very Period. much so. Very much so. Now that we've hit yet another uh, perturbing odor yep. that yes. has floated yes. into the car, yes. which seems to be becoming a more regular occurrence now, which is a bit disconcerting. It's frustrating. That's oh, that is yeah. just foul. That is, yeah, that's. Uh, and it stings the nostrils. Yes. Pungent. I wish I could have turned on the recirculated air much quicker. Let's turn to the lightning round. The and lightning see if we can round. this out of our. Yes, let's go. Let's go to the lightning oh, round. Awful, I can taste it. Oh boy, it's like sulfur and seaweed and mud flats, all mixed mixed into one horrifying uh, smell. Let's see. Let's go to the lightning round. But da da da. Probably have sound effects now. Oh, I like that. Yeah, uh, you're trying to increase our production value. Yes, I am. I am. Uh, let me. Uh, we had one question that came in before we even posted. I want to make sure I start with that one. Right before you sent out the call for questions. Yes. Let's see. I believe that was from Sam. Yes. If I remember, my memory doesn't let leave my focus. By the way, great, great audio as we listen to Sean nearly silently searching. Yes, for yes, I'm, I'm searching I'm my phone. I'm trying to ramble on just to keep <laughs> the continuity going. All right, well, I will, I'll uh, search for Sam's. I'll make sure we get to Sam's question. Um, but uh, we'll well, start. You just have been peppered with requests, then. Yes. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. Yes. Um, okay. So we are. You still haven't found it, have you? No, I still haven't found it. All right. Oh, here I found Sam's question. All okay. right. Woohoo! Okay. It only took forty-five seconds of gold radio. Well, Sam, thank you for your early question. Um, Thanks, Sam. The the stars have a near had an had a near four and zero stretch. Have had a near four and zero stretch followed by a near zero and four stretch a few times this season. Talk about winning streak yes. and losing streak. Is this time any different? We'll find out, right? I mean, that's the yeah. That's actually one of the things we talked about on our post game show was how the stars react to this. If they go to Buffalo and lose, and then Minnesota lose, which could happen, and then they have to come back and play Vegas on the second night of a back to back, panic starts to creep in mm-hmm. because you're now looking at another three or four game losing streak followed following a winning streak of four games, almost five. So. I mean, Sean, we, we talk about this a lot, but Ken Hitchcock was famous for talking about it's not how many times you go on a big winning streak, although I think that really does help. Yeah. He would say it's how quickly you dig yourself out of the ditch. Yes. You love to talk about that. Imagine that. Hitch likes to talk about digging out of the ditch. Hitch did really enjoy talking about digging out of ditches. Um, yeah, we'll find out. We'll really find out on Buffalo. and. Uh, they should beat Buffalo. Buffalo was one of the best teams in the league early, and they since that big hot start where they're near the top of the league, I think they actually were at the top at one point early. Won 10 in a row. Something like that, yeah. They've been one of the worst teams in hockey since. Yes. And uh, I don't have a lot of... Uh, insight on this, but I saw Mike Harrington, who mm-hmm. writes uh, his big columnist for and, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo News, Buffalo News yep. and he wrote out and said a source is saying that there's a good chance that Jack Eichel gets a hearing from the NHL Department of Player Safety for a hit on a game, uh, a play this afternoon against Carl Soderberg of the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. So there's, I mean, look, we don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Well, I haven't seen the hit yet. It, so we'll that's what I mean. Yeah. But it could possibly affect Eichel's next game, which is, I believe... I think it's the Dallas game. Tuesday. Does Buffalo play tomorrow? I, I didn't look. Or I, Monday. I don't, I don't know. We'll Boy, I'm completely unprepared for that. Yes. All right. Next question from uh, Gallopagus slash Dr. Dash. Oh, yeah. Dr. Dash. Common... Um, common uh, regular. This ours. may be common knowledge, but I'm new to hockey watching. But why do some players like Ben, Klingberg, Radulov, and Sagan play without helmets during warm-ups? 
Oh, this is an interesting discussion that actually came from the GM's meetings as well as here. Yep. That's called the hair skate. Yep, basically it's... It used to be everybody did it. Mm-hmm. Partly because back in the day, nobody wore helmets. Then helmets started to come in, and it took until the late 80s or early 90s when Craig McTavish retired. Uh, it was the... What year was it? Do you remember? I remember watching him, so it had to be... It was actually... It had the, to be 90s. It was actually mid-90s, if yeah. I remember correctly. It was the last guy to play without a helmet. They yes. grandfathered it in. Anybody joining the league after they made the rule that you must wear a helmet mm-hmm. um, got to the point where he was the only guy left. Yeah. So he became the last guy to play hockey in the NHL without wearing a helmet. Then they've done the same thing with the visors. And Sean, that is something that you've been studying. Yes. There are a dwindling numbers of players that still are allowed to wear visors. Yes. I'm under the belief that either Jamie Benn or Ryan O'Reilly will be the final player in the NHL without a visor. Because there are more than just those two yes. that don't. There's, there's more than those two that don't, but the rest either fall into the Roman Polak realm where they're later in their career. They're going, older. They're, they're not older, make it as long or as Or they died. fall into the realm of they're not the type of player that has the staying power um, Jamie Benn has seven more years yes, on exactly. his contract after exactly. this year. So it's it's going to be a race against time. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so – but but a reason why I mentioned the GM's meeting is they're actually kicking around the idea of making a couple of helmet rules. Yes. Um, from the reports we saw were one is required to wear your helmet during warm-ups, which would be getting rid of the hair skate, whereas at the moment it's kind of viewed as – something that a, a veteran can do it's it's, it's not it's kind of it, discouraged for younger players it's basically something the reason it is is it's basically it's cool that's what it is that that's really and, what and it people is people can see your face and your head yeah. and your hairstyle and yes and oh yeah and the other the other uh, general rule with it is you don't really get the chance to do that until you've played 100 games Right, it's kind. Of, it's not written. Yeah, but right? it's, it's, it's kind sort of, the, of a, it's the unwritten rule of the secret of the pros. And, and you'll also see a lot of guys when they play their hundredth career NHL game, they'll take warm ups without a helmet on the hundredth game. Yeah, yeah. or sort of a right of passage. Or sometimes you'll see um, the older guys will force the younger guys to do it. We in Vegas earlier this oh, year. Oh, it's like a, yeah. a, a rookie initiation. Yeah. In Vegas earlier this year, the first time we were in Vegas, uh, Gavin Bayruther, Miro Heiskanen, and Jason Dickinson all were out there without helmets. Which is a rare sight. Because workers. basically, they got to the locker room to go out there, and their helmets weren't gone. <laughs> couldn't find them. <laughs> they couldn't find them. And uh, amazingly, the equipment managers had no idea where they were. Correct. So they're obviously complicit in all yes, this. Yes. Exactly. So um, <laughs> that's it's, great. it's essentially it's a cool fact. The other half of that conversation was. Uh, something the AHL already does. Yeah. Well, they also... I don't think you're allowed to do hair skates in the AHL anymore, are you? Uh, I don't think so. I don't, I'm not sure. But one note rule in the AHL that I, I do know is that if you lose your helmet during the course of play... You have to go to the bench right You away. have to stop what you're doing. You can't keep playing. In the NHL, you can keep playing without a lid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen Roman Polak do that, and his helmet actually make a play. Without gloves, too. Uh, with, yeah, without gloves. <laughs> a lot of... That was an odd day. Roman Pol- Polak has been... Involved involved some very interesting things this yes, year. Yes, he has. Adds more color to an already very uh, fascinating fair. season. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I wonder if the NHL will do that or not. I don't know if there, there's the appetite. I mean, if, if a GM's, Sean, the idea is that you don't want players getting hurt because they're not wearing helmets. Correct. Right? Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing that I'll see just with the, the warm-up one is I wonder whether it becomes 
something where does it become a blanket rule right away or does it actually fall under those grandfather rules where like you can still do the hair skate until like if you're in the NHL this season you can do it's such a hard thing you have yeah. fit, yeah, two hundred games yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. such it's a, that seems like such a hard thing to enforce for me. Cause there it's, are yeah. some teams that actually disallow it or yeah. on their own say we are not going to participate yeah. in that. Right, uh, San Jose Sharks? No, 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 no. San Jose. Almost Hold everyone on. goes without. Okay, care. so who, what's the? T- there's a team. I can't remember it now. There's a team that doesn't do it. Might be Edmonton. The there's an interesting quirk about the San Jose Sharks. New one of their newer players. Yes, uh, uh, Eric Carlson, in fact, and that you discovered that nobody that covers the Sharks on a regular basis noticed. Yes, I asked when the Sharks were visiting Dallas. We saw Eric Carlson does not wear a visor during morning skates. And by the way, Kevin Kurz, who writes for the Athletic in San Jose, does a great job. Yeah, had no idea what you're about to say, and neither did the broadcasters either, <laughs> who uh, have seen him yes. for years. The, or see, well, yeah. Carlson's was in first yeah, year. But, but, yeah, but so Eric Carlson doesn't wear a visor during morning skates. Eric Carlson wears a visor during the game. Has always worn. Has a always worn a visor during the game. Yeah, and it's just kind of an. But odd... doesn't for practice in the morning yeah. for a game. Yeah, it's such an odd quirk. It's a really strange thing. Yeah, and I don't think I ever noticed. And I don't yeah. see Eric Carlson yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. but it's just yeah. weird, right? I, I'd love to ask him sometime what that it's all yeah. about. But uh, we don't see San Jose again this year. We don't. Well, who knows? There's well, some, playoffs. Uh, right. that, uh, if it's playoffs, we're definitely asking. Yes. All right. Or lightning round. From Andrea. Sometimes there are multiple things happening on the ice. How do you split your attention or decide what to watch during gameplay? Totally miss Jamie's creative line change because all my reacts, all my attention was on the puck. It's a good question. Uh, everybody's attention wanders a bit. Yeah. I saw it mostly because the puck was nearby and the reason why Jamie did it was he was trying to avoid getting a too many men on the ice penalty in fact by doing so Sean for a second there the Stars only have four guys on the ice yes but kudos to the captain because look if you're on your way off the ice and the puck hits you it is not grounds for a penalty even if it disrupts the play if you make a a move toward the puck even if you don't touch it if you make a move toward it that makes you sort of eligible for being on the ice. Yes. So as long as you jump on the ice but you're not trying to go after the puck, you can there's a gray there's a sort of a um not I was gonna say a gray area, but no, there's sort of a um uh what's the word? I'm completely blanking on it. Uh there's a little bit of uh, freedom there. Yeah, there's a little bit of leeway. Leeway. That's not the one I'm looking for, but I'll yeah. I'll accept it. <laughs> There's a grace period. But to, to, so, what I was so to, say. to answer the question though about where do you focus on the ice, it's. I think I mean it happens with all of us. There's times where I've missed things, and that's the reason why those television monitors up there are so valuable to take a look at. And because of the yes. broadcast, it's a few seconds behind the yep. actual play. Part of it, Sean, too, is. Um, like anybody, when you sit and watch the game, you try to watch the puck, but then if you see something going on, you're, you're naturally going to sort of veer off to that. And that's actually one of the reasons that anybody that sees my Twitter during games sees me mentioning quality scoring chances. Mm-hmm. I've always been a play-by-play guy until this year. Or not this year, but the, in, mm-hmm. coming to Dallas. And when I first started watching Dallas Stars games live and not calling play-by-play, I found my attention getting sidetracked from the puck a lot yeah. and looking at players in a, doing something away from the play or even uh, Victory Green banging a, a drum in a section near me. I go, oh, I looked at it, and then you're not watching something. 
looking at the reaction of yep. the executives in the suite or the the press box box next to ours, which a lot of times are the other team's GM or president or so. And so I said, I need something to kind of focus my attention when I'm not sitting there going, Sagan passes to Klingberg, yeah. passes to so-and-so. And so that's why tracking quality scoring chances, and I felt it was beneficial for me to talk about the game later anyway, but that's one way I tried to, to hone in on that. You know the situation for me that always ends up leading to the one where I have to use the TV cameras more than anything else is where someone gets hurt, goes to the tunnel, or it looks like there's less guys on the bench, and then all of a sudden you're playing the math game of counting guys on the bench, yep. trying to figure out who's not there. Or trying to see yeah. if they came down to the tunnel and you didn't see it. Exactly. Right? Uh, you'll always look for that extra gap because yes. when everybody's on the bench, when the roster's not, when nobody's hurt, mm-hmm. you, there's really not any empty spaces. Yeah. But you can definitely see a difference if they're one light yep. or two light or however. Uh, let's see. From- Fortunately, there's about nine guys tweeting out that somebody goes down the tunnel, so it usually doesn't get missed. So from Ardell, um, Hudobin is a gem of a free agent signing. Props to Neil for fixing a long-time ailment for the Dallas Stars. Sean and and or Owen, can you rank your top two or three moments covering the Stars on ice or otherwise? Go Stars. I don't know if that question has anything to do with Anton Hudobin. It has nothing to do with Hudobin. Yeah. It's, it was a comment, then followed by a question. Oh, I like that. That's yes, fine. Yeah. Ardell is a frequent caller of the postgame yes. show, and we appreciate his participation as always. Um, top three moments? Top two or three. Um... He didn't specify positive or negative, right? No, just top two or three. Well, I mean, I mean, most memorable. I can tell you, Light's comments was has to be the most. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, and that's something where bad. It's it's the most notable this season, right? It never happened before in in that context on the record. Well, and and I in the office, and I and I think like for example, I think about things that I will. probably never happen again in my career. I can't imagine that one's going to be I, I don't think list. that one, anything will ever, like that will ever happen. Um, I think... The combination to me of Radulov getting healthy scratch coming because for violating a team rule, coming back and getting his first NHL hat trick just the other night against Colorado is a pretty interesting storyline. Yeah. Um, the... There's so many. This year, it's like there's, there's always lot. something. There's always something Always this year. something with this there's team There's always this year. been something. Just uh, with uh, f- the Foxa getting hurt, not being able to play. You go back farther and you look at the Zuccarello introduction. Great two periods, three points against the Hawks and then getting hurt. Yeah, the Zuccarello one's that wild. That one was, oh, the... Seven quality chances on one five on three in Vegas, and then stopping it all, and then it going in later in the third period off of the Sagan skate, and then I think I mean, we could just go yeah, on and on. Yeah, about I mean, it. this year I'll, t- I'll I'll pull two things out just from the past, just from because there's been a lot this year. Just there two have. things before this season that come to mind. One, um, for a powerful emotional moment, first game of Vegas history is in Dallas, the national anthem before that game. I'll always remember that. That was where, last year? That was last year where Vegas right. was after the shooting in Vegas and the right. stars went and literally stood behind Vegas. That was really cool, but yeah. that was two years ago. That was last that year. Was la- that's what I mean, two years. seasons. No, I'm, I'm intentionally pulling things okay. from prior to the well, season. Well, now you're really going off the rails. Well, no, I'm just picking two things just because okay. they, said, they said top two or three moments covering the stars. There was no... Oh, okay. Was, I, and then, yeah. And then also just that, I, I think we both agree that 2013-14 team, just to go deep into our history that in Texas, was, was really fun to cover. Just that was a, the Texas Stars 
team winning the Calder yeah. Cup. That was incredible. That was just a fun team to cover. If you want to look at Dallas Stars, I mean, I wasn't covering the Dallas Stars, but I happened to be in the building when Rich Peverly collapsed on yeah. the bench. So that was extremely memorable, but not for the right reasons. The Jamie Ben art Ross game, which coincidentally was the night that Sagan got healthy scratch for missing a mm-hmm. meeting the day before, I think, yep. and the team photo. And... Uh, so the the Art Ross, it was the best game I've ever seen from a team that was missing the playoffs. That was wild. Mm-hmm. That was a really cool moment. Watching the Stars beat Minnesota in the first round and getting to Game 7 against St. Louis was really memorable. That first period in Game 7 was one of the worst mem- oh, as it was memories. Terrible. It was terrible. Watching yeah. three goals go in like that, getting car- seeing Kari get pulled, you know, listening to... Um, Lindy Ruff say after the game that he considered pulling Kari after the second goal against, and then he let in that awful beach ball of a third. That was very memorable. The amazing season that that was, the fact that they score, outscored their problems, speed, sharp, Hemsky, Yanmark. Um, I'll never forget watching Patrick Nemeth's arm get cut early Yes, that season, right? Yeah, that season. Um, that completely changed his career trajectory with the Stars. Um I mean, we could go on and yeah, on. Yeah, There's so we'll, much there. Let's, let's, let's keep going. Great question, but we're going to keep going. One of my favorite moments, by the way, was from last year. The Roddick Foxa bench slide. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, what do they call that in, in skateboarding, snowboarding? The grind? Uh, rail slide. The rail slide? The rail, gr- rail Yeah, you grind, but rail slide. The rail slide. Clearly neither of us have skateboarded. <laughs> not well and not for a while. I did when I was a kid for like a couple of days. I got one for Christmas one year and... Uh, it's hard to skateboard when you live on a dirt road. Yeah. That would be an issue. Yeah, it was, but I wanted one. Anyway, um, he did this rail slide on the Stars bench, got around a defender, came down, went in and scored. It was just, I mean, it's one of my favorite goal moments because it was so improvised. He had no idea what he was doing, and I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. Anyway. All right, from Andrew, we've got, is Klingberg's aggressiveness on offense leading to too many defensive woes? That's really specific to this game particularly. Most teams don't play the transition game like Chicago does. Chicago stretches, they cheat up the ice, and they move the puck so efficiently tonight. But, um, I mean, Sean, the game against Chicago back earlier in the season in Dallas had more odd man rushes than tonight. The Stars were better uh, after the first period. I mean, look, we've talked about this at length. Klingberg's positives are also what are his shortcomings yes. at the other end. But for what he brings and the cost that he brings and how smart of a player it is, like you get what you – I mean, every – I remember looking this I, up earlier in the year. Every top-scoring defenseman in the league is, is in the, also in the top of the league in giveaways. Yes. Why? I, because they have the puck a lot, and I, they make a lot of plays, I, and they also have mistakes. I have one kind of offshoot on this that okay. I'm going to go with. What do you think of Klingberg and Heiskanen together? As a, and, well, and, and then Lindell with Pollock together. Down the road, I think it could be a really beneficial pairing. This year, at times it's looked great. And I understand why they want Lindell and Pollock against a more physical. But I really like the yin and yang of a f- bigger guy with a puck mover. And I think that they feel more comfortable with Lindell's puck moving. And that's why he... and I got put together, but I don't know. I feel like there's a good safety valve when you have them split up. You have I, I, Lindell, Klingberg, Haskin, and Pollock. See, I don't like it. See, I, I look at it this way. 
Um, they were I, just saying that they felt like Lindell was deferring to, to Klingberg too much. And right? Yeah, wasn't they, that one of the that was comments one, the that other was, day? That was one of the reasons. See, I don't like it, and my my take on it is this: I want both your top two pairs to be able to move the puck. I want I want both Klingberg and Hishkinen to be pushing the play, and in my view, as they both progress, I want a long-term future, if I'm Dallas, where for 45 minutes a night, I have an elite puck mover out. Oh, yeah. And so I, I don't like... I, I And I think when Lindell and Polak are together, I think there's times and there's situations where they can be together. The penalty kill is a big one. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yes. But I think there's times and situations, or even maybe late in the game, there's times, but I think overall... I. I, I would personally, I would flip it back. I would go back to Lindell with Klingberg and Miro with with. Bullock. I agree. So. By the way, uh, with the loss of Johns for the year and Mark Mathot for most of the year, mm-hmm. I have to say kudos to Jim Nil for going out and getting Ben Lovejoy. When he first got him on the trade deadline day or day before, I wasn't sure. It's like okay, well, you know, they needed they were think, looking to upgrade a little bit. He went out and got Alexiak a little bit earlier. He's definitely improved from where they were. But I'm not sure. And then his first couple of games, he was a little hit or miss. But he's really come into his own. And the ability to take minutes away from Lindell and Pollock on the PK, not not taking him off, but to be able to spell them a little bit, to take Haskinen off, who looks tired. He does. He compared does. to where he yeah. was. He doesn't have that same dynamism. I wonder, too, if there may be a little bit of the league is really aware of him now. That's part and of that it. And they're, yeah. they're, they're planning for him more than early in the year where he – Nobody knew what to expect. I think that's part of it. It's. I think he's dealing a little bit. Remember Klingberg's second full season? He came up at a great first year. Mm-hmm. He really and of course Goligoski got uh, didn't get re-signed, and so now you have Klingberg without his best with his comfortable D partner, and he had to adjust and he struggled because he was the focal point, whereas Goligoski was with him and he couldn't just go after Klingberg because Goligoski would outskate you. Yeah, I think Haskin is already dealing with that. Yeah, I think so. And Along he, with the the rookie, he's also ball. playing playing more minutes than he's played. I mean, he's played this type of minutes in games before, but he's never played sixty five plus. He's not sixty five games. games and in the best league in the world. Um, let's see, a couple more before we yeah, wrap this up because we're getting late tonight. We're uh, always late yeah. in the post game yeah. show, except for the Carolina game. Yeah, that's true, which was awful, and we didn't even do a yeah, broadcast true, that, which well, is fine. Well, Hudobin usually plays well more often than not. The team has not looked good in front of him when he was in net. How much of that is on the team, and how much does Hudobin's different style contribute to that? feels like the team usually gives up more shots with Dobby. Two things. One, it's more on the team than him. Mm-hmm. But that there is a factor with the puck handling of Ben Bishop. Yeah. He's so good. But you know what, Sean? As good as... I mean, Bishop is, is the elite puck handler in the NHL. And we've said this before, not only from the technical side, his ability to play the puck with his stick, goalie stick, but also the vision that he plays. He's like John Klingberg back there, is seeing things that other guys don't and putting pucks in the right spot. So instead of just rimming it around the boards and you go, oh, wow, look at him. He's so strong with it, but he gives it away. He's hitting the right guy and it helps transition breakouts quickly and you're going the other way. It saves uh, zone time defensively. It saves energy. It saves punishment of the defenseman. It's it's a huge – the team is different when Bishop's out it's there. It's the one thing where – and this is funny because Ben Bishop's a guy who actually doesn't like analytics. We've talked to him because he doesn't – Yeah, he really likes wins. But I'd, I'd actually be fascinated if someone could figure out a good analytic that, that weighs 
the value of puck handling for for each goalie. You know what? When you get player tracking next year, yeah, comparing goalies starts for zone time. Yeah. When you have possession of it in your own zone, or if like the other team's attack zone time drops when or even, Ben Bishop is in or there, or even how many I, one how thing many I'd, passes, or, or I'd be fascinated to see if you picked a player, let's say John Klingberg, how many hits does John Klingberg take in a game? Received hits, received yeah. right, like just. That's, and I wanted to point out the other thing yeah. is that Hudobin tonight made some very astute plays with the puck, mm-hmm. more so than than he. Tip, I mean, he's fine. Usually he's average. I thought he made some very good decisions with the puck behind his own net tonight. Mm-hmm. Particularly, uh, I remember a couple in the second period where he moved it efficiently, got it to one of his players. Now, there were a couple that were like, oh, yikes, and they yeah. got away with. But you're going to get that with any goalie okay. when they stray out of their net. A couple more that we'll just get through real okay. quick here. Closed out. Um, from our friend Travis. Um, Hi, Trav. Says, more to you, Sean. Are you coming to the Minnesota for the game against the Wild on Thursday? Answer to that is yes. And speaking of which, what is the best road road game food spot you've had throughout your time in hockey? That's definitely for you. However, I could answer However, um, this season, um, I really enjoyed my meals in Vancouver. I ate really well in Vancouver. Um, looking forward to going back to Vancouver at the mm-hmm. end of the month. Always eat well there. Uh, had uh, just a good combination of things. Just between, we had... You can get fresh seafood. You can get a little bit of everything. Closer there. to the ocean than, yeah. because you're on the ocean yeah. as opposed to a place like Texas. Yeah. Texas, Well, Texas has some ocean yeah. spots. But Chicago's a great food city, too. Love Chicago for can't food. Can't go wrong with that. What about well, the West Coast? you enjoy the food out there? Yeah. Different. Um, San Jose has great sandwiches. Just something I would have never thought about. We had some really good yeah, sandwiches. Yeah, especially because isn't the um, San Francisco burrito scene huge? Haven't been. Haven't done. Was gone, it the Mission? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Mission Burrito out there yeah, or something like that? I, I can't remember. There's a really but, famous ancient the, burrito place the, out the there. The tacos and sandwiches were both really good in San Jose. Okay. Uh, the, um, I L- can do a lot more in, in, talk in, about in, this on the AHL yeah, because I haven't in, done the NHL in, travel scene in, in, as much. In L.A., I like going to the, uh, I think it's called the Original Pantry or the Pantry. What, there's a 24 7 place that's that been open for since 1918. That's right. Yeah, I've heard been, of this been open too. since 1918. Has never been closed for a single minute, according to the sign on the door. Um, Weekends, holidays, cash only, and you get breakfast food anytime. And if you're gonna serve breakfast, serve it all the time. And when we went there, when we were in LA this year, I went there and you got the full. I got the full platter and also got a chocolate shake with it. It was delicious. There are great spots, and even when I traveled in the AHL or, or even in the UHL to much smaller cities, there were always restaurants in certain places that you look forward to. You find spots when you go back. You There's a waffle place in Syracuse I really like. See, Syracuse yeah. to me was um, was different because it was a day trip okay. when I was yeah. in Albany. Yeah. And so we didn't stay there overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but my f- mom's family is from Syracuse, the yeah. area of the Finger Lakes out yeah. there. So I've been there a few times. For me, Dinosaur Barbecue in Rochester was always a huge... We always went there. That was great. Um, great restaurants down in Norfolk. There was a Cuban place called Havana, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Down on Granby Street in Norfolk. Great. Awesome. Uh, they, they had a, a flank steak dish that was just to die for, along with great mojitos. But anywhere you go, like, there's always spots yeah. here or there that... And it's usually not, like, a chain. Like, nothing against chains. i fine with some of those. But you always try to find the, the local fare or something that's known in that area 
even if it's not a special cuisine, it's just a, a you know, like you said with the pantry, yeah. it's just a restaurant or that if, has a history. Or if, or if you don't know, you, you reach out and you ask someone. Like, for example, actually, Mike McKenna is one of my go-tos on what's the, what's the best place to go eat in a well, certain I actually city. helped you out with a lunch spot in Boston this year. Yes, yeah, you did. On a, and I haven't even been in Boston for a couple of yeah. years, so. But an old frequent of mine mm-hmm. back in my New England days. Yes. Um, let's see. We have. We always talk about food, don't we? We always have talked about food. It always comes back to food. From Nathan here, the Stars seem to be dangerous when they play with an edge and or emotion. For example, the Colorado game. Why mm. is there an inconsistent inability to bring this each night? That's a million-dollar question. Is it Isn't it? There was no passion tonight. Mm-hmm. It wasn't lack of effort, right? The guys are out there trying their hardest, skating, trying to do things, hitting. But... I don't know if this is always... I don't feel like this is an every night thing, but Sean, I felt like the Stars missed Antoine Roussel tonight. Or an agitator, somebody stir it up. I know there were there were plenty of games where he would do something and you'd go, oh, I don't like that, but I just... Stars-Blackhawks has always been a really contentious affair, and there was none of that tonight. The worst thing I saw was Radulov uh, slashed at Corey Crawford as he covered a puck and immediately put his hand up and said apologize and then leaned over to yeah. him again and said sorry you know he wasn't trying to do just going for the puck it was I mean don't go me wrong I appreciated that was sportsmanship but there was no nastiness in the game at all yeah I don't the thing I I look at you it, immediately winced when I said Roussel's name yeah because people have asked me about not that because other people have asked me and um but isn't this game one where a guy like that can yes, stir things up yes and I think it's something where he his impact could have been felt tonight um and then also to be fair to Antoine Roussel his point totals this year would actually be welcomed on this team if um, he had done it last year then the free agency might have been a different conversation correct. he had a uh, he had a, a really down year yeah. from goals and points and look he's not going to be a 30 goal scorer no Alex Dabrinkit's going to be a 40 goal scorer which is incredible maybe a 50 if he has a crazy end of the uh, season I mean, I you mean, think he's going to score 13 goals in the final 14 games? I don't, but... So, I, I think, let's say, he'll be a 40-goal scorer. Three in the final 13 he's got. At least. So. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't think he's going to get 50. 45 might be realistic, depending it's on... 50. Yes. <laughs> but, um, no, I think... The problem is... The problem is not... You don't need... You, so you have... You, in theory, should have someone else in the group to do that. I mean... With the way Hudobin's playing, you've we've seen the team draw off his emotion before tonight. They didn't do right. that in the yeah. past. They've drawn off his emotion and they haven't. Like, yeah. So, it is the million dollar question, isn't it? It is. It it absolutely is. So it's it's interesting. Stars go on a road trip now. Um, oh, one other note from tonight. Just just news newsy note from tonight. Um, really good sign for Joel Lesperance tonight to actually be oh, in, yeah, in the lineup. Good because, to bring that up because he is. Uh, so for just as a quick explainer to everyone who doesn't understand it, how it works or didn't is, listen to our yeah, post game yeah, show tonight because we the, talked about it. The teams get four NHL teams get four non emergency recalls after the trade deadline. Joel Esperance was up on an emergency basis whenever because the, of injuries. Yes, whenever the team is under twelve uh, has twelve has less than twelve forwards healthy, um, you can call up a guy on an emergency. They basis. had thirteen tonight. Yes, and so they had thirteen healthy forwards. Valerie Nichushkin was a scratch, therefore Joel Esperance was in the lineup and. His emergency recall because of non-emergency recall, which means, really... He's this, up for the rest of the year. He's up for the... He, it could change, but he's more than likely up How for the rest of the year. How could it? 
You could you could send him down. Oh, well, they can. Yeah, but yeah, why yeah. would the stars burn? You're not. You're likely not going. Not, to... uh, uh, if you you already burned one of the four spots. Yes. Why would you send him down? Only to then maybe have to call him back up. I have the one hypothetical where it could work, but it's last week of the season. Last week of the season, Zuccarello, Pitlick are both back, and they and there's only three games left in the season, and they're both going to play. And you haven't used any other recalls, and you can send them down and call them back, and you still have two other recalls. Left. Okay, but that's so, so that's but that's that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So I think but, he's probably but, up but for, for the rest for, of the year because I still think with those two guys back, he's still in the lineup. I would agree with that. Here's the thing about Les Bruns. He's not a particularly flashy player. Mm-hmm. But if you watch him, and I've do, done this quite a bit, he stands out because he makes the right play a lot more often than he does it. Yes. He almost feels like an Essa Lindell type player. I've never made this a, a, this comparison before, but as a forward. Think about it this way. When you first saw Lindell play, what did everybody say? Well, he doesn't really stand out, but you watch him for 30 games, you go... Wow, he just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's yeah. really steady. He's gotten better than that, Lindell. Yeah. So he's a little bit more of a noticeable offensive player. But he's really steady and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And that's Lesperance. But I think Lesperance has an ability to score goals. We haven't seen it in the NHL level yet. But I think he can become a little bit more noticeable as an offensive player. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good comparison. I, I, Thank you. I, I hadn't thought about it that. It just came to me. It yeah. wasn't a but, long stewing thought. But yeah, it's, it's a good one. Yes, and I'm working on a story for him for Tuesday. Feel free Tuesday. to use that on your Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, story for about him coming later this week. Make sure you, you uh, plug the car cast is where this, the <laughs> genesis of this thought. Because we, yes. we uh, you know, like to make our listenership even more. Yes. Well, one other thing about Joel Lesperance. He went to Michigan Tech. Bowling Green ended their season tonight. Go Falcons. <laughs> Are you going to bring that up? I just did. No, no, not here. <laughs> not my to story. Joel Lesperance on Monday. I might bring it up to Scott White because it's kind of a running rivalry that he and I have. So Whitey first, yes. Then maybe Lesperance. We'll see. Depends on the mood. Depends. Depends on the mood of the room. It depends. Starts on practice Monday, and then I think as well Tuesday before they fly to Buffalo, right? Games in Buffalo. No, the games in Buffalo. So sorry, practice Monday. Practice Monday. And then fly out. Practice Monday. Games Tuesday. I'm all over. I don't even know what day it is. What is it? Saturday. Saturday day off tomorrow. Hey, it's now Sunday. It's now Sunday. We record this, so make sure in a couple hours to set your clocks forward. Yes, really, one a.m. technically. No, not yet. You have to wait till two a.m. And then it (laughs) then it becomes three a.m. Or is it one a.m. that goes to two? Anyway, it's still midnight. (laughs) Does two become? Does two go straight to three? Does does two to three never happen? In the fall, when they go back, it goes from two to two. Yeah, or two goes, to one or something. No, in the fall it goes <laughs> I back. Totally it goes from I this. I thought it was two a.m. goes back to one a.m. So yes. does one go forward to two, or does two go to three? The point is, is that <laughs> you should sleep through it and wake up, and your smartphone will tell you what time it is, and then you just go set the all the clocks that you have if you have any. We do. We have a few analogs. We have, we have a couple that need to be reset. We have a couple. We have a bunch because you have to reset the we one on your have, stove. We, we actually have four that need to be reset. Stove for me, microwave, and then we have one, two, three, four dig, uh, four uh, analog clocks Okay. in the house. And then we have to reset the digital clock radios in one, two, three, four. We got, we got a lot of clocks. <laughs> for somebody of, that right. f- fights his, his on time with Sean for the uh, pre-car cast yeah, yeah. drive, we have the time in a it, lot of rooms. We have, uh, let's see, we have the stove. We have the stove and the microwave. This has really gone off the And rails. then we also have, this is actually kind of a cool thing, we have um, 
we actually have four clocks. I have four clocks on a board. This is a cool thing that my wife put together that... Various time zones? Yes, that my daughter will maybe appreciate once she actually understands what it is. But there's a clock with Eastern Time, uh, Eastern Time, Central Time, Mountain Time, Pacific Time, and then one that says Other, which is where we put Arizona. Um, where we put Arizona. So you could just say all the uh, time zones in the continent. continent and, and, and then when and then whenever I'm traveling, um, I get a magnet. I pick up a magnet on the trip from that oh, location. That's cool. So you and then whenever yeah. I'm in that. So like when I was in Vegas, there was hotel that, gift shop or other place. Um, the key is to make sure you do it before you get to the airport, so you can get it at a price that's not an airport price. Well, that's what I said. Hotel gift. Typically, shop. hotel gift shops pretty good place to right. go. Um, See, dip, so, some cities like like Vegas is easy because you could just walk into anyone and you could buy like one for like two bucks. There's Vegas you, stuff yeah. everywhere. Yeah, the airport one is always the the hit you at the higher exactly. price. Exactly. An interesting one that I keep forgetting that my dad does is he buys a deck of cards wherever he goes. Interesting. Big card player. We play all sorts of yeah. different games. But it's a fun thought is because your cards wear out over yeah. time. You always need a new deck. Well, now you have one from various yeah. cities. Yes. Or, so did you see, speaking of which, we're going to come back to Thursday. Remember we had the mini stick question? Yes. I saw we, the response. Yes. We saw the response. But yeah. for our listeners yeah. that didn't, the gentleman that tweeted us about the question who bought the mini stick and said, I've got to stick with it, bought an L.A. King stick. Mm-hmm. And he's doing what you're doing in the sense is, keep buying one from each city each team that he travels to see the stars play against with the idea of collecting at i was imagining a couple years 31 yes when seattle comes in but the other teams it's an interesting move it is so then of all the different mini sticks from all the different teams it's neat that's sure it's It's a great idea for a club yeah something different Mm -hmm. well this week stars go on the road buffalo and minnesota then home for vegas at the end of a back-to-back um, Buffalo, obviously, all the all the games are big right now, but really interesting. Minnesota's the, the Minnesota one. Minnesota game is going to be because it's first and second wild card spots. It's a divisional spot. Um, you know, the Stars missed a chance to gain a point on St. Louis, who lost in overtime in San Jose. Instead, by doing that, they lost a point to the mm-hmm. Blues. And Arizona keeps charging. Arizona's only what two points behind uh, the Stars. Point behind the wild card, two points behind the Stars. Same games. Stars still have a game in hand on Minnesota, mm-hmm. but look. I think you got to take two out of three this week or three out of four if you include the Sunday home game against Vancouver. Yep. But here's the thing, Sean. Last thought for me, because we should have said last thought ten <laughs> minutes ago. The Stars have set Sunday off, practice Monday, then they play Tuesday in Buffalo. This is the last occurrence of two straight days, two consecutive days without a game until March 30th and April 1st. <laughs> they will play 12 games... Or no, let's see. Two, three, four, five, six road games and 11 games between the 12th of March, which is Tuesday, and the 29th, or 30th, excuse me, hmm. of March. Because 31st and 1st are off. It's a hefty so, schedule. Which means they either play every other day or, in some cases, back-to-back. Twice, I think, during that span. They will be playing a ton of hockey, and their season is on the to make or not make the playoffs – is in that span. Yep. Now, it may come down to games in the last week in a- first week in April, last week of the season, yep. but where they're at is going to come out of this next 11-game stretch, yep. I believe. That's I, And a lot of yeah. them are at home. They have, uh, of those 11, well, I mean a lot, they have six of 11 at home. Yeah, It's more than half, but not that many, right? You know what? It's fun to look at it like this is playoff hockey. This is this is what you do to get in. Yeah. So, 
Go get them. Well, everyone, we will return Friday. Is that Vegas Golden, Golden Knights? It's the Friday game. Okay. Yeah, has to be because I've got the whole family coming. Uh, with the parents in town for the spring break week, so we've got to go two vehicles. We're so going to have the live studio audience. We will have a live studio <laughs> audience, which means that for two times in a row, you won't be driving. Yeah, darn. There we go. <laughs> I'll also be super tired or after. Or we could come here and pick you up and have you drive your car, but that seems to make no sense. Yeah, so. that seems to make sense, and I'll be and I would will gladly have. I you think drive. for this one, we'll because yeah, I'll have the I'll, I'll have flown from Minnesota. On Friday morning. Oh, so you'll be fighting it. So I'll be... Fighting the energy. Yeah. Extra Red Bulls and coffee. Yeah. You ever put Red Bull in coffee? No, I am not a coffee guy. I do drink it occasionally. I'm not a big energy drink guy. Yeah, me either. Um, But I just thought, you know, hey, caffeine, ginseng, and sugar. I have been introduced to the concept of the Red Eye coffee drink. Which is? Which, I believe, it's, it's a shot of espresso in a cup of coffee. Ah, so extra, extra caffeine. Yes. It's a very rare move. It's a it's a rare move, but it's we've talked about this yeah, before. Yeah. I don't drink coffee much because I don't like black coffee. I like I find it too bitter. See, I like black. coffee. I like coffee with loaded with cream and sugar, which essentially turns it into a coffee milkshake. It turns it into a dessert, right? And I love coffee milkshakes <laughs> or coffee ice cream. So why not just eat that? Mm-hmm. Um, and and frankly, I don't want to. I like to keep myself conditioned so that I can get through days without caffeine, unless I really really need it. Yeah. For real. I, I don't do it. Like the other day, we did our car cast way too late. Like we are again like we doing it. we are here. right now. The difference is tomorrow I don't have to get the kids up for school. Yes. So instead of getting four or five hours of sleep, I can sleep in a little bit. That day, I got up, got the kids. When I woke up with the alarm to get them to school, I felt like I had been hit by a truck. It was not good. By the time I got them back, I felt a little better. I actually got the Keurig out going and, and had a cappuccino. Put a little sugar in it because it was... It, it's just a little bitter for me. Yeah. That's that, that's about the extent. Or I might slug a, a Dr. Pepper or a, a cola with caffeine because I don't need hot beverages that much unless it's really cold outside. Usually it's not really cold yeah. in the house. So there you go. Yeah. There's Owen's yes, there caffeine you go. history. <laughs> there you coffee go. ice cream is always better. Coffee ice cream is better. By that's the it. way, if you haven't already had it, coffee ice cream soft serve <laughs> is really good. Anybody? <laughs> coffee soft serve... There's a place in Maine that does the black raspberry <laughs> coffee twists. It's an incredible combo. At some point, we need to get like a soft serve ice cream company to sponsor the car cast. And, oh my like, god! And have and it then, like then, delivered like, to the car. Like have it and delivered to the and car. Just and dripping then... and melting on the way home. <laughs> and we can review the ice cream as we're. <laughs> and and then we could have the massively philosophical debate to sprinkle or not to sprinkle. What about the dip cone? You remember the dip? Yeah, the dip. You have the soft serve ice cream and then dipped with the yeah. like chocolate hardened layer. Love mm-hmm. that. Or um, some people like the yeah. cherry dip. Do you know Top. what? Do you know what crunch coat is? Well, if I say that, I have an idea. But go ahead. It's it's something that you can get at like Dairy Queens in in Ohio and some places in the Northeast. And not here. Not here. Dairy Queens all over Texas, and they don't. But they don't have the crunch coat. The because okay. uh, this is something where. Two or three years ago, my wife really wanted crunch coat on an ice cream cone. So we went to the Dairy Queen, and they had no idea, they had no idea what we were talking about. Speaking Greek to them. Yeah, no idea what they were talking about. So we ended up actually looking up the recipe and made it. It was actually... What is the recipe? Uh, you don't know now, do you? I, 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 don't, I don't know now, but it's actually... It's one of those... I very rarely get a recipe and then, like, 
printed out. It was one that I actually printed out. It's somewhere on the fridge. So it's the, it exists. It's the, it exists. Man, so. crunch coat. Yeah. All right. For next, if I remember, I'll well, I'll give a quick update on what it, the recipe is We've, for next, next week. I, I think you should. <laughs> yes. I'd like to have yes. the, the follow up. Yes. But on this note, we better sign off because <laughs> Digression City lives with us, and we could go on, yes. and then everyone's going to wonder where are you. Okay, everyone, uh, have a wonderful evening or day. It's already Sunday. Thanks um, for listening, and we will be back for Stars Golden Nights next Friday night. <laughs>